Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, Mr. Patrick Farrell. I hope you are all weathering the viral storm and that none of our listeners have died off yet. Um, That is always a concern. If any of you are sick, let us know. Can't do anything about it, but, you know, be cool to hear from someone who has the COVID-19. Yeah, I hope you're all keeping well. Patrick, how are you? I am positively fantastic um i'm thankfully not sick um gary but it sounds of things it sounds like you have a cold which is very it's, worrying it's my, it's my allergies yeah which is very worrying at this stage um well it's worrying and it's not worrying because if you died then i would you know get the business and you know that would be sound um i would get all your your stonks um in the business um so yeah so Anyway, look, I know we've pumped out a load of content for the fact that there is this viral pandemic and also everyone's sitting at home. There's a lot of concerns. There's a lot of issues um, in the world, first of all, but then also in the the health and fitness sphere. I know a lot of people are worried. People are losing their jobs in the health and fitness sphere. Obviously, people are losing their jobs globally, worldwide. Um, So it's a time of worry. It's a time of you know, uncertainty. Um, and it's probably like realistically going to last for 30 to 90 days at the very least. And then the recovery period at the other side of that in terms of the economic stuff is probably going to be six to nine months, you know? So we're all in for a, a rough old time. It's like the, it's actually worse, probably going to be worse than the 2008 financial crisis. However, the show must go on. Like at some stage, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's great that we're all discussing and coming together for this, you know, scare, this pandemic, this COVID-19. And realistically, people are probably going to know people that have died or will die from this. But at some stage, we do have to start discussing other things um, and not have this be the entirety of the, the, the focus of all our mental headspace, you know. And so... We are going to basically still probably produce some content, get it out there, you know, for, around this topic, um, especially around like the, the concepts of like home workouts and what you can do at home and all that kind of stuff. We will be putting out, still, still putting out content for that. Um, but I don't want to drag this out for weeks and weeks and weeks where we basically, this is all we discuss. So with that said, we're basically going to just continue with the podcast as normal and continue with our content production as normal um, to hopefully bring a little bit of normalcy, um, I believe that's a word, uh, back into the, the whole health and fitness industry. Because again, like I, I obviously people are worried, people are you know scared, but this is an opportune time for you to upskill. Like we were saying in previous podcasts, like you have time now. That's probably the only thing that you know for certain that you have. You, you have time available to you right? And so you might as well use it and educate yourself, get better. Gary's over there blowing his nose, getting those uh, viral droplets out. Um, But anyway, look, so we're going to continue producing educational content discussions and all that kind of jazz that we normally do, right? And so with that in mind, we've been doing this whole nutritional series. We've been talking about a few different concepts and the concept we're going to talk about today is basically the concept of mini cuts right because this is something that throws a lot of people off in terms of setting up their diet correctly because people are advised to do mini cuts because they set things up incorrectly from the start right and what i mean by that is a mini cut is basically a mini diet you know you diet uh, maybe a little bit more aggressively for a shorter period of time and it's to just quote unquote tidy up you know, which is like lose a little bit of body fat, you know, feel a little bit better in terms of your move, movement, you know, you're moving around, you don't have like, you know, this kind of bloated feeling sensation, you know, maybe bring back a little bit of hunger, maybe help with, you know, your adherence to things, your structure to your day where, you know, you're, if you're in a gaining phase, you can kind of get a bit sloppy with that kind of stuff. You're like, oh, I just eat more calories, you know? So it, it kind of tidies things up all around, you know, habits, the physique itself, and just the structure of your nutrition and perhaps even your training, right? Um, and that's what a, a mini cut is. That's what we're effectively discussing, right? But 
people instigate that because they have set things up incorrectly. Well, I say incorrectly, like there's no one way to go about this. But generally what happens is people go on a gaining phase. They're like, yes, I'm really going to improve my physique. And this is guys and girls. They're like, I'm really going to improve my physique. I'm going to eat more calories. I'm going to really progressively overload my training. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything right. But they set things up in a way that their, their rate of gain is just excessive, right? And that, that's quite common. And we've discussed that in the, the gaining podcast, you know, where we were talking about that, you know, how to set up your diet for a gaining phase, you know? Um, but they set it up incorrectly, I'll say, and they're eating too many calories, right? So after six weeks, eight weeks, they're like, Jesus, I've, I've gained way too much fat for my liking, you know? Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a mini cut. You know, and they do two week aggressive mini cut. And we'll discuss later on how to set that up, you know, and they go, oh, I'm going to be really aggressive with this mini cut, do two weeks of dieting. Right. And they do that and it, and it all works out perfectly. They tighten up a little bit. They're like, yeah, I feel ready to go again. And then they go straight back into this gaining phase that had them gaining excessively, you know, and then six weeks after that, they're like, all right, I need to do another mini cut, you know, and they basically get into this yo-yo back and forth where it's like, all right, yeah, I keep gaining. And then I just keep gaining fat and then I just, you know, really aggressively lose it all. And it's no different than the yo-yo dieting that the, the general public does. You know, the only difference is they're, they're actively tracking their calories and they think it's a beneficial strategy, you know? Um, but in, in essence, it is no different than the, the yo-yo dieting, you know? Um, so that's the first thing we need to keep in mind with this. Like when we're discussing a mini cut, it does, in essence, depend on what we have been doing previously, like how we have set things up previously, because there is a quote unquote right way to go about this. And then there's a quote unquote bad way to go about this, like, or a wrong way to go about this. And the wrong way would be gaining excessively and using mini cuts or mini diets to make up for the fact that you just don't know how to set up a gaining diet correctly. You know, you're like, Oh, I just gained too much fat with that. So mini cut it is. You know, and you're always in this yo-yo back and forth between gaining and mini cuts, you know? <clears throat> so that's the whole first thing we need to discuss. Now to alleviate that issue, <clears throat> oh no, I'm coughing now. Um, to alleviate that issue, the, the first thing you need to do is go back and listen to that, you know, gaining podcast. I can't remember how many podcasts ago it was. It might even be the last one. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but basically you need to go back and listen to that, how to set up your, your diet correctly for a gaining phase. Right. And you need to set it up so that you are not gaining at an excessive rate that you are doing this kind of slow and steady gain where fat gain is, is minimized. You know, that's what we want to set it up. If you set that up correctly, you can effectively extend the amount of time that you are gaining. And there's a, there's an economic principle in terms of you're doing investing. And they always say like time in the market beats timing the market. Right. And this is also very true for, uh, your gaining. Right. And what I mean by that is, you know, the person that can gain for longer and stay lean is probably going to be in a position, a better position than the person who gains over a shorter period of time, reaches the same end body weight, but has accumulated way more body fat in that time period, you know? So the, the longer you can gain, if you can literally be in a small surplus for five years and slowly but surely gain more muscle tissue and minimize fat accumulation, you're going to be in a much better position, all things considered, probably, likely, and like I can't say for certain, <laughs> but then the person that has done, I did 12 weeks of this hyper aggressive bulk and then I did six weeks of dieting and then I was straight into hyper aggressive bulk again and then six weeks of extreme dieting and you do this again yo-yo up and down back and forth where they're like yeah I gained you know 20 kilos on my bench when I was uh, in my gaining phase and then I lost 15 kilos when I was diving down because I had to eat so low calories and then you know my next bulk I, I gained you know 20 kilos again and you know then I lost 15 and it's like yeah okay cool over that time period it's like you gained 10 kilos of actual strength on your bench press and then you compare it to the person that has slow and steady gained the whole time. It's like, yeah, they only gained 10 kilos as well, but they were lean throughout the whole process and they have earned that bench press <laughs> uh, gains, you know? So if you can extend the amount of time that you can stay gaining, the less likely it is that you will lose any of the, the gains that you have made in that period of time. Would you agree with that, Gary? Yes, sir. 
100% now. I'd love if you could just talk for a second so I can sip on this coffee. That's absolutely fine. Um, yes. So the art of the mini cut can only be considered basically after you have set up your gaining phase properly, as Paddy has alluded to. Essentially, what I tend to see most of the time um, when people come to look for advice for mini cuts is that they come at this purely because they've messed up their gaining phase. So don't take too much away from this podcast all about mini cuts if you haven't first got the gaining thing down. Because as you alluded to, um, or said specifically, this can lead to a yo-yo type of approach. And that's where you can really derail your long-term progress. Because ultimately, to try and make a lot of progress with muscle gain and strength in the long term, you need to be investing the vast majority of your time into being at least at maintenance and preferably in a calorie surplus. Because especially if you're a beginner, if you're not adding weight to your frame, like if you're not getting heavier, like you're obviously not building muscle. Like you're just not getting there. Like, yeah, there can be some recomposition effects in the short term, but that really does dwindle out after a while. So from my perspective, as we begin to think about where these mini cuts begin to fit in, they should fit in as a small proportion of the overall time that you are spending um, planning out your nutrition. You know, so if you're trying, if you're in a, a prolonged gaining phase and you're saying I'm committing to a year, if if, if more than two to three months is spent on mini cuts, like you're ultimately just bringing in longer diets at that point. You know, so they should ultimately be there as quick little tidy ups or to kind of resensitize you so to speak um that could be literally in terms of lower body fat potentially sensitizing you to some of these signals that could could contribute to the muscle building process but um more so kind of practically in terms of resensitizing you to being able to consume more food again and being able to feel kind of healthy and a bit more energetic again because those types of things can begin to fall off as you begin to get heavier. As we've discussed in the gaining podcast, there does come a point where your appetite just isn't there anymore or where, you know, for some people you look in the mirror and you're just like, man, I find, I just, I find it hard to struggle or I struggle to motivate myself to train when I look in the mirror and I'm like, I've got these love handles. Like what, why am I doing this? I'm a, I'm a fit person. And maybe at that time a, a mini cock could be justified. So there are many different reasons. Um, for which one could justify uh, bringing in a mini cut. But the main kind of caveat before we get into the specifics of the mini cut prescription would be to make sure you're gaining phases down first, make sure you're taking your time with that, that you're planning that as much as you would um, any dieting phase, that you're tracking your body weight, that you're seeing where that's going over time. Because if you're gaining three, four kilos a month, Sorry, but most of that is body fat. Like, and that's just a reality. And you're going to need more than mini cuts to, to kind of take care of that, especially as you um, map that out over, over the course of a number of months. Yeah, 100%. So that's, that's the, the first caveat, right? Then the second caveat to this whole discussion is the fact that there is actually a difference between uh, an aggressive diet phase and a mini cut, right? And this is somewhat... Uh, semantic pedantic can never remember which one of those is correct um kind of both yeah um but uh effectively what people will use say they're doing a mini cut but they've they're doing like six weeks of a cut you know that's in my mind i'm like that's just you're just dieting for six weeks you know so a mini cut is a small period of time right it is a I'm going to say give an arbitrary number. It's less than two weeks, you know? Um, like I'm not saying like, oh, you did 15 days of a, a deficit. Oh, it's not a mini cut. That was an actual cut, you know? There's no hard and fast cutoff point for this. But naturally enough, there is a point where if you continue in this dieting phase, it's just a dieting phase. It's not a, a mini diet or a mini cut, you know? So Again, it's semantics, pedantics, whatever the one is, the, the correct one for that. Um, but it, it does bear noting that that does actually influence your practices and the, like the real world application of this, you know? So I generally, two weeks, that's kind of the cutoff period for me um, because you can get a, a good bit of return for, you know, the investment. Like if you do a 500 calorie deficit and we'll, we'll come into how aggressive it should be and what that actually looks like, how that actually plays out um, later on. Um, but if you're in a 500 calorie deficit over two weeks, like 
500 calories per day over two weeks. I'm like, that's, that's a substantial amount of fat loss that you've lost and, you know, sensitized yourself to, you know, hunger signals and, uh, you know, even insulin sensitivity, that kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, two weeks is a good kind of period, you know, less than a week. You know, if you do like four days of a diet, you know, I'm like, I, you just didn't hit your calorie targets those days. I'm like, it's obviously there's a, a temporal, uh, point to this you know there's a a a time dimension to this you know so obviously if you're only doing it for four days it's like well well, like really did you accomplish that much maybe you sensitize yourself your colon that was about literally it's like you know like there's there's not there was wasn't enough time to do anything like you didn't lose significant body fat like yeah maybe you got your hunger signals back you're like oh actually i can't wait to start eating food again it's like yeah okay cool that's cool you probably didn't lose any fat maybe a little bit of water retention but nothing really happened, you know? So basically we're talking about a mini cut being from a week to two weeks. And I would probably say more so in the range of 10 to 14 days, you know, would you agree with that? Yeah, pretty much. Again, you know, it does come down to kind of semantics. Sometimes I'll still say to, to my clients, like if we're doing four weeks or something, like, to be honest, I don't really use the phrase mini cut that much. So it doesn't really matter. Like I just like yeah, the only make, reason, the only reason we're yeah, using it is because that's people are familiar. Yeah. But a lot of the time with my clients, I'm like, you know, like I have one client who in his next training block, we're going to do a short diet, you could say. Um, but I just, I just basically say like, right, we're going to uh, set a kind of a target for how much we're going to lose. And then the time that that takes is the time that that takes, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a nice way of setting it up, which I'm sure we'll get in, get into. But yeah, short, whether you want to call it a short diet, a more aggressive approach, a mini cut, whatever. Um, but for this purpose, of this podcast, we're really talking about those kind of that, that position where you're getting in and you're getting out, boom, done. You know, whether it's two weeks, it could be three weeks or four weeks, but you know, you're in and out. That's, that's the sole goal. Hmm. Now, the final caveat to this whole discussion, right? After that is this is not just a, a two week quick fix, you know, like this is not a, a job where, you know, oh, you've been gaining for six months and oh shit, someone booked a holiday for you in two weeks. You're just going to aggressively, like hyper-aggressively diet and try to lose all the fat that you've accumulated over that last while, you know? Like a mini, like that in my mind, I'm like, that's just an aggressive diet, right? Um, but a mini cut, for most people, we're talking about a period of time that, yeah, you might have an event that you want to like tighten up a little bit for, um, but it's in the broader context of, okay, I still want to be gaining for the next six months after this, you know, it's like, uh, you still have a longer term plan. You're just like, okay, the, the level of body fat I have right now, or, you know, hunger signals or whatever, uh, they're not where I want them to be or need them to be so that I can continue this gaining phase over the next six months. You know, it's more so, uh, it's just a sensitization period. We'll call it that, you know, you're just dropping calories a little bit to again, tidy things up you know, so that you can keep going forward with your initial plans, which were, I don't know, to gain for the year, you know, you wanted to slowly accumulate muscle tissue over the year. And you're like, yeah, um, I'm in a 300, 500 calorie surplus, whatever it is. Uh, and you're like, okay, cool. I've been doing that for six months. Uh, I have a little bit too much body fat for my liking. So I'd like to just tighten that up a little bit. So we'll do a, a two week mini cut and boom, you do that. And then it goes straight back into your gaining phase, right? If you are doing it for you know a holiday or you're like, oh, I'm going to, it's summer now. Oh shit, I should have dieted earlier. I'm just going to be really, really hyper aggressive with my, my deficit and tighten things up. I'm like, it's not really a mini cut or it's not really the same thing as a mini cut. Like, yeah, the practices, the protocol might actually be the exact same, but it's not the same context to this. And you potentially should be, looking at structuring things a little bit differently um like it 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 probably has more bearing on how you structure your training for example than it has on how you structure your nutrition and if you're doing like a a little mini cut you're just like okay cool i'm going to try keep all my variables the exact same training is the same you know uh recovery modality sleep all those things are the same and all i'm doing is dropping my calories you know and that's your mini cut whereas if you're doing an aggressive diet for a holiday, like you might bring in, be like, okay, I'm doing four days of resistance training. I'm actually going to add on top of that. I'm going to do 15 to 20 minutes of cardio after my resistance training. And I'm going to do two days, two days of 60 minutes of 
cardiovascular work so that I can really, really aggressively, you know, do, do this dieting period because I have a holiday in two weeks, you know, um, cause you just want to lose as much fat as possible in that time frame, And you're not thinking like by the end of this, I need to go straight back into training hard and progressing my lifts and doing that at the end of the, the diet for the holiday or whatever two week period that you're like, Oh, I need to fucking lose all the fat. It's like, you know, you're going to have a, a week off or, you know, you're going to have, you know, re- time away from the gym or, you know, whatever it is, you know? So it's like, there, there are differences in terms of the actual practical application of these two thought processes. Now, again, this is just semantics, pedantics, whatever, you know, ultimately it's just fucking calories. It doesn't matter that much, you know? Um, but if you get, first of all, the nomenclature, right? Like the actual words you're using, right? You can actually then get your thought processes right, you know? And then you can actually discuss with other individuals the right approach for you. Because you see this far too often in the fitness industry where someone's talking about a concept, like they'll say body recomposition, for example, and they'll be like, oh yeah, I did a really great body recomposition. And then you'd be like, oh, how did you go about it? And blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, I lost uh, 15 kilos. I'm like, you, like you you just dieted. There was no body recomposition there. You just lost body fat. That like that you just dieted, you know? So it's like, you, you have to have the words correct if you're going to discuss this with other individuals. So while it is a semantic, a pedantic, whatever the fuck the right word is, a discussion, um, it, it does have bearing on, first of all, how you set up your training program, how you potentially set up your, your dieting, um, your, your actual diet itself, and then also how you actually discuss this with other individuals. Because Again, like this is why we put like terminology on our website because, again, far too often people just talk straight past each other and they, they think they're talking about the same concept. And then 30 minutes into the argument, they're like, well, what do you mean by this? And what do you mean by this? And then it's, all of a sudden they're like, oh, that's where the entire issue is. So if we don't get the nomenclature right and actually the discussion right, um, like the actual words, what they mean, then you can't have a, a discussion. You can't have an actual thought process, a logical thought process. Because you might know what you mean, but no one else does, you know? So that's why we're just getting these like kind of caveats out of the way, right? Do you have anything else to add to that before we actually get into the discussion of this? Because the discussion of this is actually quite straightforward, you know? But again, it's you need to understand what we're talking about first. No, I actually don't have anything else to add. I'm happy to get into the details of, of how someone can get started with this. Okay, perfect. So... Again, a mini cut, it really can only happen when you're in a gaining phase, you know, and it really only should happen when you've set your gaining phase up correctly. You know, if you have set it up incorrectly, and again, I say incorrectly, like there's no right or wrong in terms of the, your choices with this. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. You gained a little bit extra body fat. Who cares in the grand scheme of things, you know? Um, but if you set it up correctly so that you are gaining at a, a rate that it's like, yeah, I've minimized fat gain. I have been slowly gaining body fat as well as gaining the majority of the, the weight I've gained as, you know, muscle mass. Um, which again is presumably the goal if you are gaining. Like I, I don't know many people that are like, I'm setting out to gain body fat. You know, maybe even sumo wrestlers, I was going to say, but they, they would prefer to have more muscle, you know? <laughs> um, but you know, most people don't set out to gain body fat. They want to keep it lean as uh, to whatever extent that means for them as an individual, you know? So you have to set up your, your gaining phase correctly, but there comes a point where you're like, Oh, I'm not exactly happy. I'm not, I feel like a, a little bit of body fat that I have gained. It's, it's kind of weighing down on my mind. I kind of feel it when I'm moving. I feel maybe a little bit sluggish. I, you know, I'm not really that hungry, but I want to still gain another five kilos or whatever it is. You want to reach the, a certain body weight goal, or maybe it's a weight class you have to be in, whatever it is. There's multiple goals that people can have, you know? So you've been gaining. That's the premise, the starting point, you know, you have certain reasons, whatever they are, that has led you to believe that, okay, I want to just tighten up a little bit. I want to tidy things up a little bit, you know, whatever that means for you, you know? Um, so you want to set up a, a mini cut or a, a small dieting phase. You want to lose a bit of body fat. So the first thing we need to do is, depending on how you've gone about setting up your, your gaining phase, you probably have, should have some idea of where your maintenance calories are at, right? And again, you have to take into account that if you started on 3000 calories as a maintenance and you've now gained 15 kilos, you know, that's probably not your maintenance anymore. You know, 
But because you have been gaining in whatever surplus it is, you know, you probably know roughly, again, if you've listened to the previous podcasts, how much of a surplus you're in. You know, maybe you started out in a 500 calorie surplus and your rate of gain was really fast out the gate and now it's really starting to slow, 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 slow down. You know, like you might be at a stage where, you know, the calories you're eating now is actually your maintenance calories. You know, that's possible. If you've been gaining for a long period of time and your rate of gain has been minimal or non-existent in the last couple of weeks, potentially even months, you know, you're probably just eating that maintenance. However, most people don't get to that stage um, because food is is enjoyable. So eating more of it is quite easy to do. <laughs> um, so most people will still be in some sort of surplus. So you can do a little bit of a, a backtrack in terms of how much of a surplus you're in based on your rate of gain, you know. Um, but I actually just don't really do that because it's 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 a, a guesstimate at best, you know. What I just generally do is like have a, a, an estimate of where I think maintenance calories are for that individual and then use that as a starting point because this, again, is just a starting point and you're going to need to refine from that, you know. And this is the thing that fucks most people up is they have no clue where that maintenance is, right? And what they try to do, they're like, oh, I have been eating in a 500 calorie surplus. I'm just going to drop my calories by 500 to do this dieting or to do this little mini cut, you know? And unfortunately, that's just not the right approach, right? What you have to do is wherever your maintenance is and you want to say you want to lose like one to two kilos over that two weeks, you know, which is fairly fucking aggressive, you know, you need to drop calories from your maintenance level of calories. So if you're eating 3,500 and you've been gaining and you know previously your, your maintenance was 3,000 and we'll say you've been gaining for a while, we'll just say your, your new maintenance is 3,100, right? So if you want to diet aggressively for a while, you don't just drop to 3,000. It's like that's, that's only a 100-calorie deficit now, you know? what you really need to do is drop below that. So we'll just say, just because it's an easy number to keep in mind, we're like, we're going to go into a 600 calorie deficit. You're now eating at 2,500, you know? But that's actually a thousand calories less than what you were eating when you were in that gaining phase, you know? So if you're going, literally doing a, a switch from a gaining phase straight into a mini cut, the level of calorie drop-off is going to be quite dramatic. You know, would you agree with that, Gary? Yes, sir. Fantastic. You never have anything to add so I can drink some water. I'll happily add stuff if you'd like. <laughs> no, it's fine now. Um, so the, 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 the drop in calories is going to be quite substantial for the majority of people. Like obviously if you're just like, oh, I was in this tiny little 200 calorie surplus and you know, I only want to drop 500 grams of uh, body fat. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Like your, your caloric deficit is like, you're going to drop 500 calories off your day. It's, it's no big deal you know? Um, but for the majority of people, the, the, the drop in calories is going to be quite substantial. And this is what leads people to effectively treat a mini cut as a, an aggressive dieting phase, you know? And effectively it is, you know? Um, but you, you have to keep in mind that it, even though it is very similar to an aggressive dieting phase, the, the, the goals are somewhat different. So you just have to keep that categorized in your mind it's like you're just doing a, an aggressive dieting phase just to tighten up so that you can go straight back into gaining again you know this is not a case of like again i have a, an event that i need to just lose all the fat for and i'm going to just fucking drop my calories to a thousand it's like no you still want to keep performance metrics high you still want to really push all of that kind of stuff because you're looking at a, a long-term approach you know like you still want to be progressing your training you still want to be doing all that stuff that's going to lead you to in six months time or a year's time, wherever the end of your, your gaining phase is going to be to still be on track with achieving those goals. It's not just, Oh, I have some transient goals that I'm just going to fucking change all my approach for. I'm just going to, you know, add in a load more volume. I'm going to just drop calories to a thousand. It's like, that's again, this is, that's just yo-yo dieting. It's like, you should have thought of that before. Like if you knew you had this holiday or this event or whatever, then you shouldn't have been in a gaining phase all the way up to two weeks out of that. You know, and I know obviously like things are out of your control. Like you might've been in a gaining phase 
uh, and then all of a sudden all your gyms shut down, you know, because of a global pandemic. And it's like, okay, cool. What do you do then? You could again, start dieting, be a little bit more aggressive, be like, right, look, I'm going to do body weight, home workouts. Maybe this is going to last fucking 30 to 90 days. And all I have access is home workouts. It's like, you know, I actually wouldn't mind being a little bit lighter so that I could do, you know, these body weight movements a little bit more effectively, you know? So you might bring in an aggressive dieting phase for that, you know? But again, we're talking about a mini cut. It's in the context of tidying up. Again, if you were doing that, again, you could say that like, okay, the gyms are closed for two weeks. I'm going to do a mini cut during this time period so that when I come back to the gyms being open, I, I'm in a position to keep going with my, my gaming phase, you know? So there's, there, you, you have to basically plan a day. That's what I'm saying. You have to be preemptive with a, a mini cut. Like it should be planned. It shouldn't be reactive, you know? Um, like to an extent, there can be some reaction in it. And you should keep in mind that the magnitude of the calories that you have to drop it has to go below maintenance. It's not just oh, drop 500 from where I currently am, you know? Yes, sir. Um, I have nothing to add to that. So I'm just going to get into actually like what you should actually be doing when you're thinking about these mini cuts, right? So like very simply, you like as you already said, you first have to know like roughly were you in a surplus or were you just maintaining at the level of calories that you you were at? So like this obviously comes back to having an awareness of where your maintenance is at, which you will have, you know, already learned about in the preceding podcast or podcasts. Um, so check those out. Make sure you listen to this as one series and everything will make a lot more sense. Um, so if you were in a, an estimated uh, 30 or 500 calorie surplus per day, um, you, which you would estimate based on the fact that you had gained, let's say, half a kilo per week consistently, that was your average rate of gain, then you'd assume that you were somewhere around a 500 calorie surplus so if you're then trying to say right i want to take two kilos of body fat off roughly over the next uh two weeks you're saying something like that then you're going to start by saying all right what what sort of deficit do i need to be in roughly to achieve a loss of a kilo um per week so you you want you're going to be need to be in a deficit of like roughly close to a, a thousand calories basically um to get near that um, so if you're if you're in a deficit of a thousand calories per per week, um, that could be quite significant for some people, less significant for others. But that's obviously going to also be reflected in terms of the magnitude of weight loss. Because if you lose two kilos, that's m more of your respective body weight if you're 50 kilos than it is if you're 100 kilos. So so obviously your your rate of gain need, is going to be uh, adjusted based on that anyway. Um, so yeah, you need to know what your goal is. You need to know where you want to get to at the end of this brief little mini cut. Um, and you need to kind of set that somewhat in stone as well, because some people get really excited and they'll push it on and they'll be like, oh, just one more kilo, just one more kilo, just one more kilo. And that's fine. Um, but it can take away from the time that you are spending gaining. Um, and it's, it, it's taking you off the path, essentially. Just, just to add to that. First of all, I know so many individuals that basically do exactly what you're saying. They're like, oh, I'm just going to start a mini cut and then just turns into a, an eight week complete diet phase. Yeah. And it's like, like your goal is to be ready for summer next year. It's not to be ready in six weeks. It's like, this doesn't fit in with your long-term plans. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I understand that you're really motivated, excited because you're seeing more veins. You're like, oh man, I actually have been, you know, gaining some good muscle, you know, basically you cash in too early or you cash out too early, you know? Um, so that's, that's not a good thing. Right. But also back to what you were saying there, like having a set goal in terms of like uh, body weight, perhaps uh, lost, that's really essential. But what you have to factor into that is that, you know, you're going to lose some like stool yeah. volume, like bulk in the, the intestines, you're going to lose some like water, some glycogen. So <laughs> it's actually really illuminating because you might be like, yeah, man, I bulked up to a uh, hundred kilos. And like you initiate a deficit of like, we'll say a thousand calories. You've been in a or 500 calorie surplus and then you just drop by a thousand. So that you're in a 500 calorie deficit. Right. And then all of a sudden you lose five kilos and you're like, what the fuck? I thought I was, uh, I had gained like, you know, 20 kilos of pure muscle. And then you realize it's like, it's very illuminating. You realize, okay, so a lot of what I had gained it is just water. It is just glycogen. It is just like stool volume, like food and whatever else in your, your intestines. And that, that really does like open a lot of people's eyes in terms of, you know, 
what is actually realistic in terms of muscle gain. Because if you've done this the first time, you're like, this is your first major bulk. You know, you're like, oh yeah, man, I'm really pushing, you know, my gaining. I'm really, I'm doing really well. I'm progressing on my lifts. And like, man, all I've done is just gain pure muscle. You know, oh yeah, I have a little bit of a, a little bit of belly here, but it's cool. Like my arms have bloated up to fucking 18 inches. It's great, you know? And then all of a sudden you do this little dieting phase and all of a sudden you realize you're like, okay, wait a second. I thought I had gained 20 kilos of muscle. And did I just lose five kilos of muscle in a day? Because yeah, I, I, I pissed for 20 minutes this morning, you know, after I, I did that, uh, initiated that calorie deficit, but surely all of that wasn't just water weight, you know, sure, surely it wasn't, you know, and obviously quite often a lot of the, the actual gained uh, weight is just glycogen it is just water. It is just stool volume and whatever else. So be prepared, be prepared for that. Yeah. You definitely need to give yourself some sort of buffer there. And that's why it is good to say, you know, uh, I've got my, uh, like you, that you're actually reverse engineering it because if you reverse engineer it and you say, All right, I'm going to put a 7,000 calorie deficit. I'm going to do that for two weeks. Then you know that like roughly energetic for your body to get the extra energy there's going to be somewhere around two kilos of body fat loss of course it's not necessarily going to be that because your body is also going to use muscle carbohydrate stores liver carbohydrate stores etc but you're putting yourself roughly in that ballpark range and even though you've calculated it to be roughly two kilos you're not necessarily going to just lose two kilos on the scales so that's why the reverse engineering approach can be helpful because if you do see that oh i lost uh, two kilos by day two um, then you, you say, all right, well, I actually know that that's probably because of other contributing factors other than just body fat. And then you go out for your two week, you still stick with your two week approach and you get that done. Um, so yeah, like that's, that, that's really like the, the basics of getting it started. Um, obviously your deficit could be less aggressive than a thousand calories. If you're just trying, tr trying to pull back a kilo of body fat, you know, maybe it's the case that you've been gaining for, 12 16 weeks and honestly when you look in the mirror you're like i actually don't know if i've gained much body fat at all maybe two kilos um maybe a kilo and you really just need to get in and out really quickly quite subtle there's really just a bit of a break from the gaining phase more than anything else and that could be you know a two 250 to 500 calorie deficit and that could be absolutely fine um so yeah we'll try to reverse engineer that while appreciating the fact that other things are going to contribute to your body weight loss and hence you can't just set the scales in isolation and why it's good to have kind of a scales target to some degree but also um a target that relates to time that you've set based on the reverse engineering with the calories so it is kind of just like quick maths you know but obviously it's it, that's not how things work out necessarily in the human body and basically the like for shorter periods of time, your use of kind of maths, your quick sums can be more helpful. For longer periods of time, it becomes far less helpful because over longer periods of time, that's when the metabolic adaptations start to kick in that we've discussed extensively in the podcast leading up to this one. Um, so that's for those periods of time, you, ha you have to make decisions based on all of the things that we discussed in the previous podcasts. But over the short periods of time, you can kind of set up your deficit based on your, you know, rough assessment of what's likely to be your maintenance, what's likely to lead to a certain level of body fat loss. But then within your kind of equation that you've made, you also appreciate that other things contribute to body mass, including muscle carbohydrate stores, water stores within the body, um, food content within the gut, etc. And then you allow for those things to also vary within that period of time. Um, so that's, that's basically how we would go about um, setting it up. There is also, uh, you kind of have to appreciate that there could be some error because what some people might do is they were actually in quite a large deficit or quite a large surplus at the end of their diet, um, potentially uh, even more than they thought they were because what some people will do is, you know, they might say my bulking calories are 3,500, but when they're, when they're in that kind of bulking or gaining phase, they're a bit kind of lackadaisy with their nutrition tracking. They're happy to snack a bit more than they otherwise would and stuff like that. Um, and then when they go into their supposed 500 calorie deficit um, down to, down to 3000 or whatever, it might necessarily correlate with what they were actually eating. Um, so you have to kind of keep that in mind as well. Um, and yeah, if, if nothing else, this period of time can allow you to kind of 
get back in touch with your nutritional habits. You know, if you found that your habits were kind of running away from you, you were, you had no structure to your nutrition, you were kind of only tracking some of the time and you had gained more than you'd actually like, um, then, then all of those things can be tidied up during this time too. hundred percent. Right. So that's the, the bulk of this discussion done. And then finally, I just want to touch on the, the actual macronutrient composition of this, this phase, because Obviously, that's the, the last thing. It's not just a, a calorie thing. But again, presumably, you've been in a, a gaining phase. So again, we've discussed how to set that up. But presumably, you know, protein is at an adequate level. I wouldn't change that. You know, again, even though it's a dieting phase, some people <clears throat> do go, oh, yeah, well, when I'm dieting, I up my protein. I'm like, for two weeks, there's just so, it's so unlikely that you are going to lose any muscle tissue whatsoever like you just don't need to increase your protein right so that then comes from or the, that then moves to discussion to the next point which is like where do we take calories from do we take them from carbohydrates or do we take them from fats you know and again it depends on how you've set up your diet uh, how you've set up this gaining phase but presumably you've been really pushing carbohydrates because they offer you more bang for your buck in a, a gaining phase and um, so generally I will probably take from them, but also it depends on where your, your fat intake is. Excuse me. So if you have been really pushing fat, you know, cause you're just like, Oh, it's easy calories to get in. Then I probably would take from your fat, you know, but basically I use a cutoff of one gram per kilogram. So if your fat is above one gram per kilogram, um, I'll take from there until I get down to the, the one gram, you know, and then whatever else calories need to be taken, I'll use preference as well, but I'll probably just take from carbohydrates. If the carbohydrates, like say the overall calories are relatively low for a gaining phase, like obviously they're going to be high for the individual, but relatively low in magnitude. Um, I'll, I'll probably take from fat as well, you know, so that this, it's a, it's a bit of a, a convoluted discussion because it's a two week like diet. You know, if it was a longer diet, I'd probably just take from fat and keep carbs as high as possible, you know? And, but if it's a two week diet, then I'm like, yeah, look, I don't really mind. We can just take from, we'll just keep fat where it is because you know, it, it keeps your meat selection. Cause that's generally where people get their, their fat from it, You don't have to change your diet entirely. You can just eat a little bit less rice, you know? Uh, whereas if you have to change your diet entirely, you're like, oh yeah, I know you have been eating like uh, red meat, and now for this two weeks we just have to switch all the way over to fucking chicken, and it has to be really lean. Everything has to be really lean because we dropped forty grams of uh, fat from your diet. You know, it's like the, changing your fat macronutrients changes the overall diet composition way more than changing your carbohydrate macronutrients because it's like, all right, just eat less oats or just eat less, you know. Uh, rice you know it, it, it's not as hard as like okay yeah stop eating all that steak you were eating stop eating all that red meat you were eating stop eating this this and this it's like it just changes the diet way too much you know however it depends on the actual individual like if you've been eating chicken and rice the entire time and you've been adding i don't know olive oil and you've been adding butter and whatever else just to get your your fat calories and your fat macronutrient targets in it's like all right cool like you don't actually need to change your diet too much to actually pull from fat intake, you know? So again, it depends on the individual, but generally I use that one gram per kilo. And I'm like, are we there? Cool. We're at that. Like say we were above that. I would just drop it down to that. And then whatever other calories I needed to take, I take them from carbohydrates. If the individual is already down below, like they're, they're down at the 0.6 grams per kg as their fat intake, you know? Uh, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch fat. I would only take from carbohydrates, you know, and obviously we have to take preference into this. Like it's two weeks. It's not like this is a long-term diet. I'm like, cool. If you're going to adhere to this better over two weeks with higher or lower fat or higher or lower carbohydrates, I'll let your preference guide this because the main thing is the, the calories. You know, once we're, we're getting the calories down to where they need to be to push forward with things, then like realistically, it doesn't really matter uh, where your, your carbs or fat are. Um, obviously, we do need to have carbs for performance. Like we don't need them for performance, but you know, it does keep our performance a little bit higher. So 
and also we want to keep glycogen stores as topped up as possible and um, so yeah do you have anything to add to that uh, no, sir. Like I actually completely agree. I, I like, really like that point about how actually pulling away some carbohydrates can be less disruptive at times in the diet, because that's something that I definitely would find myself both in terms of my own dieting and in terms of like, like practice with others is that if you are just trying to uh, take away fat, you do actually start really adjusting someone's food choices. And that can even kind of come into where you normally get your carbohydrate sources. Because for example, if you do set fat really low, then even having things like oats can actually become a bit more difficult because you know they do have um, some fat in them. Um, so they're not a pure carbohydrate source. Or so, stuff like, you know, those microwave rice things, it's like they might have like four or five grams of fat in them. It's like, all right, I changed your fat macros and now you have to go out and start boiling rice, you know, rather than like yeah. microwave rice, you know? Exactly. And it, like it all, it all does start to um, add up and it's, you know, especially if you have a diversity of carbohydrate sources in the diet. And if you have those kind of like microwave sources or frozen sources, sometimes there'll be a little bit of oil added to some of them. So it can become a bit more difficult. So like that is one of the reasons that kind of, low carbohydrate diets and some for some people can just be so simple because you basically just take out a few stable foods that you normally have and it's like boom you've just got this massive deficit while still being able to eat you know plenty of uh, tasty meat and vegetables etc so yeah um that's just a more of a practical consideration than anything else but obviously i would rarely go to the other extreme where oh just take it all from carbs like no that's generally not what um, we would recommend so if the diet was longer and the deficit is smaller take it purely from fat if the diet is a little bit more aggressive and shorter then take it from kind of a combination and to be honest like changing your food sources for a short period of time like a mini cut shouldn't be too stressful anyway so you shouldn't have to you know sweat it too much versus a longer term period where you, you're like oh so i don't get to eat my favorite foods for 12 weeks oh shit you know mm. that's that's not as, as good a situation so so yeah completely agree and i've nothing to add to this conversation because as i said like the actual discussion around pretty simple cut, you know it's, it's pretty it, like it's literally straightforward okay we're going to eat at a deficit for two weeks and just tidy things up a little bit you know like that should not be a hard process to do you know and um, like, obviously there's a whole discussion we could have around, oh, like maybe there's a psychological shift and, you know, you need to uh, really put your mind in the right place. And what do you do if you fuck up on the two weeks? Like, oh, you were in a thousand calorie deficit from where you were, like not an actual deficit, but an, a thousand calories dropped from your diet. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I started snacking more and I, I, I broke my diet and I did this. And like, we could have all that discussion, but realistically it's like, we have to presume whenever we give diet recommendations with this, that you're actually going to follow the recommendations. And then if little slip ups do occur, cause you know, it's real life, you know, that's, that's, that's what happens, you know, then it's like that, that can't really be used to inform our overall practice for, you know, general recommendations or not our practice, our, yeah, our practice of giving general recommendations. Like that's the individualized approach. Like if you know, you struggle to stay on track with your diet you know that okay every time i do initiate a deficit i do struggle to stay on track with that you know you're fine when you're gaining like you see this a lot a lot in guys right they'll be like oh yeah gaining it's really easy i don't mind i just fucking hammer those calories and they just never actually diet they never actually lose any body fat because they really struggle to stay on track with their diet as soon as uh, a, a calorie deficit is initiated you know like again that that's an individualized approach we need to take with that individual you know we need to understand why that happens we need to actually address that issue that they're having with that come up with strategies to keep them on track with the diet you know all that kind of stuff it's a very individualized thing and obviously there are commonalities between individuals again like i'm saying like you know guys struggle with this when they're like used to being the the big juicy guy that you know throws weights around in the gym and then all of a sudden they're dieting for a longer period of time and they just fucking crumble, you know? Um, but yeah, it, that's a, that's a longer discussion. And while you should be aware of it, that, you know, you probably will fuck up a little bit, you know, with the mini cut, you know, like no one is ever hundred percent perfect with their diet. You know, even though we're giving recommendations as if I just change your calories and you just hit them straight out the gate. Perfect. I'm like, 
unfortunately that's that's rarely the case with the actual practice like if you are a coach and you're coaching someone or multiple people and um, you will realize that you'll be like yeah we're gonna do a two-week mini cut um and then you'll you'll prescribe these macros or whatever for your client or you know maybe help them change their portion control whatever diet strategy you're using with them and then you're like yeah cool we should be x y and z in 10 weeks you know or in two weeks sorry um and then they come back to you like thursday of that week and be like oh man wednesday night like i just i i couldn't resist i had to have that that fucking domino's domino's texted me so you know i i got a code and you know i had that pizza you know like it happens you know um <laughs> but you know what i mean like it happens like um so you have to factor that in that no one is going to be perfect with the diet and yes they're going to be individuals that are more perfect or better at adhering to those diet that that macronutrient composition whatever it is that you give them um but most people are probably going to fail to some extent and you just have to support them through that and if it does happen that you're like oh i'm just going to do a 10-day dieting phase tidy up a little bit and you do mess up one of the days and eat in a surplus it's not a big deal like maybe you just extend this dieting phase by a day or two right but if you start having multiple events where it's like, oh yeah, I fucked up on Wednesday and I fucked up on Friday and I fucked up on Monday the next week and Tuesday, it's like, okay, well, like we're not just going to extend this dieting phase out to six weeks because you keep fucking it up. And I'm, I'm using that as in like inverted commas or whatever. Um, we're not going to just extend this out. We need to just stop this as a practice. A mini cut isn't viable for you right now because the relationship you have with food is not where it needs to be so that we can actually do this uh, mini cut. You know, we need to go back. We're just going to go back up to your, the calories you were at and you were able to sustain. And then we're going to work on your food habits. We're going to work on your relationship with food to actually set us up correctly for a successful diet long-term and also successful if you needed it a mini cut uh, for that for that period of time you know so again if you're coaching someone and they are you know fucking it up uh multiple times it's like okay well look this is not the right time for that individual you know and if you are an individual coaching yourself it's like if you do mess up multiple times and you're eating excessively you know you're eating more calories than you're supposed to be at this time period then it's like maybe you should just not be in this type of mindset where okay i'm going to be in a mini cut right now you know it's, it's just not it's not right for you your relationship with food is not where it needs to be to actually be dieting at this time and um, and again it is a, it is a bigger discussion and it is a hard discussion to have because obviously it's a very individualized discussion and it's not like oh we can just talk about the psychological uh, psychology around food and we'll solve all your issues it's like yeah that's cool it's great as a general discussion but it's a very individualized, uh, nuanced topic, you know? Yeah. So in summary, eat less, do it for two weeks and then eat more again. Boom. Done. Literally, you know, eat less. Um, I have nothing else to add to that conversation. I know that was a a briefer one. Um, well, actually don't know. I have no concept of time these days. Um, so where can people find us, Gary? How can they support themselves as Echo Charles or as Jocko would say to uh, Echo Charles? My arm is bigger than Echo, so that's the only difference. Um, yeah, so if you'd like to uh, get involved with the triage method, you can get involved in the triage method community, free Facebook group, open access, get involved. We post stuff in there that we won't, don't post elsewhere. Other people ask questions that you won't see otherwise. Um, so you'd be missing out on valuable stuff you know so get involved there um also the newsletter goes out every sunday um highly recommend that you get involved with that that includes exclusive uh content that doesn't go out anywhere else including recommended resources along with an exclusive article or brief post that will be on a specific topic that you will very likely be of inter- be interested in. If not every week, then I would say every second week, you know? Um, and that's also where you can keep up with new content that we've been putting out throughout the week. Um, and then obviously the standard social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. YouTube, highly recommended. If you don't know, we've got a full exercise library. So if you're ever stuck for exercise ideas, especially right now when you're at home, um, we do have videos there. 
we also recently put out a full kind of document or Google Sheets thing uh, that includes uh, free home workouts, uh, basically a few different templates for home workouts, along with a list of exercises that you can do at home, along with video tutorials that we've recorded for those respective exercises. So if you want that for free, literally no catch, just join the Facebook group um, and I'll pop it in there. If you were on the newsletter, I will probably have popped it in to this week's newsletter as well, just to remind you, which will have gone out yesterday when you're listening to this. So yeah, just join the Facebook group if you're not already on the newsletter. Um, other than that, obviously our services are available one-to-one online coaching, uh, group coaching and the templates and beginner's guidebook. If you're you know, looking to support triage through this difficult time, you know, because obviously coaching isn't going to be a thing over the next couple of months, you could check out some of the beginner's guidebooks or the beginner's guidebook or the program templates and maybe they just start to, start to get educated about your training and nutrition knowledge. I would recommend the beginner's guidebook personally because it fleshes out a lot more of the nuances and program templates are designed to be, you know, right, this is the rationale for the program. Yeah, they're supporting education, but the primary purpose is to get those programs out to people. Whereas the beginner's guidebook, there's a lot of stuff in there on, you know, the particulars, you know, the, the basics of training, the basics of nutrition, specific questions, like for example, considerations for the elderly and stuff like that, you know, and the exercise guidelines, like how do they fit in with the stuff that we're talking about? And yeah, there's, there's some nice stuff in there along with there's, I think there's some, there's even home workouts in there as well. Um, including like a farmyard workout, if I recall it correctly. So, so yeah, get on that. One of the things that this whole pandemic has taught me, because I looked up the, the, the figures, uh, that it is, in fact, too easy, first of all. Um, but of course. The 31 to 36% of individuals already work out at home, well, before this whole thing, you know, which is quite interesting because those people have be- effectively their home workout master race you know they they are the home workout master race they are literally like oh you guys are just jumping on the home workout hype bro i have my own home gym or i've been doing this for fucking six years you know <laughs> so they're getting <clears throat> first of all a load of extra ideas potentially from all the the fit fam that are now like oh my god you need to get out home workouts i need to get out whatever x x y and z to help these people you know and they're just like huh, i've been doing this for my whole life you know or they are those truly, truly savage people that have a proper home gym set up, everything that's, that's needed, you know? Um, but yeah, that was an interesting little uh, statistic that I, that I uh, encountered because of this, you know? And I am one of those people. Well? I am one of those people. I've got my barbell, my weights, my kettlebell, all my setup here behind me. <laughs> yeah, literally no one asked Gary, fuck off. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's quite interesting. Um, personally, I fucking hate working out at home. Just if anyone else is feeling that way, it's it's perfectly normal. Yeah, it's not as good. I like training outdoors, to be honest. Like if I had, if if I had one option for the rest of my life, like training outdoors would be the option. But obviously, like not in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. Um, but yeah, I, I just to add on to this whole conversation, like a lot of people, obviously, they're in a situation where they are training at home now or whatever. And it is obviously very hard because, you know, maybe you're used to going to the gym. There's this whole ritual and like you drink your pre-workout or whatever. And, you know, you, as you're driving to the gym, it's like you're getting in the right mindset. Maybe you meet your friends, you socialize there. And like obviously training, like it is a privilege, but also it's like it is a bit of a necessity for most people because it is, you know, well, moving your body is a necessity for, for most people. Um, but it also is probably like a lot of socializing that people do, you know, it's just been cut out. You know, I know a lot of fitness people, like obviously if you go to the pub or whatever, like that's where you do your socializing, you know, whereas if you do like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or you go do training or you go do ga or whatever it is that you do, it's like, that's probably where you speak to a lot of people and, you know, being at home alone and then just being like, Oh yeah, I should probably work out today, even though you have weights and you have whatever, like it's obviously a different experience and it is quite hard. And well, you might have all these ideas of like, Oh yeah, this is exactly how I should train now. You know, I use the guys templates in the fucking Facebook group and they put out great exercise ideas. Like it's all right. If you are struggling to have that motivation to train being completely out of your normal routine, you know, like 
most people are feeling that now. Like if you're not used to being at home for 24 hours of a day, you know, you, you probably are feeling a little bit lost. And I just want to say that that's completely normal and that's perfectly all right. Do what you can um, and we will all get through this. Yep. And if nothing else, just fucking go for a walk, read books, you know, upskill, learn a new skill or some shit. You know, there's a lot of, lots of other stuff to do other than just physical training. And while I do recommend that people engage in physical training every day, there are other things you can do as well. <laughs> Dead right. Um, yeah, I have nothing else to add. So that's it, guys. Enjoy yourself. Too easy. And stay safe.